0: Come, the Redeemer of the earth, and manifest Thy birth. Uh... Let's stand for the Advent Doxology.
1: welcome you to this Christmas time. Advent season is the space in which we await and we look for and we long for the coming of a God who is not far removed, but the God who is God Emmanuel, the one with human skin on, the God who is with and for all of us. So however you come this day to this worship, may you find anew, or for the first time, the love of God in Jesus, which is the love that is for life. Welcome to the service of lessons and carols. You may be seated. And now I will invite Mary and Linda up to light our Advent wreath, which is an expectation and the candles of hope and joy and peace and love as we look to the coming of the Christ.
0: this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into the world with the coming of this light there is joy joy is ours not only at Christmas
2: but always
3: As Christmas draws near, there is finally a familiar sense of excitement. We can feel a joy and see it in those around us. Still, for some, this is a most difficult time for many reasons. Help us to have joy that does not depend on earthly happiness, but on you. Fill us with your joy that we may share it with the world. Amen. Thank you.
1: And just a note that kids are not being dismissed from the service. Uh, They're already in God's garden. So if you are not there yet and you're a little human and you want to go, you can go down the hall with your grownups and we'll get you there. And there will be a surprise that features little humans at the end of the service. With that, let us continue in worship as we together sing our first carol.
4: be seated. Brothers and sisters, welcome. I want to add my word and welcome to you to the service and welcome you now, invite you into one of the great labors and privileges of the church, which is to pray. Pray not only for our own needs, but for the needs of the whole world. Let's pray together. Living God, whose love and compassion are greater and wider than we can possibly imagine, we give thanks to you for this day and for this season of Advent when we have the privilege to gather in your name to bring to you our hearts and our longings for justice, for mercy, and for hope. We thank you, O God, that in this Advent time, this time of expectation, we are reminded again of your promises and of the fact that you are indeed true to your word. That you keep faith, O God. Though all others may fail, you will not. You know our hearts, O God, our troubles, our concerns, our hopes and our expectations. And we pray that you will tend to our brokenness, that we might be set free from our burdens so as to love our neighbors more ardently. As a community, O Lord, we long that your word will speak to us clearly and with power and that your spirit will enliven us in the deep places of our lives. We know that our world is broken by division, violence, hatred, apathy. Forgive us for the ways that we have not lived into your love and mercy. May we truly become a people of righteousness and justice. We pray that you will speak peace into those places and spaces where wholeness, healing, and justice are yet to be realized. Places like Ukraine and Israel, Palestine, Gaza, and so many others. May those who thirst and long for righteousness and justice be satisfied not in vengeance, but in your peace. We pray, O God, this day that you will indeed unite your people around the world, those joined together in word and deed. And we pray also for our community, for Meeting House Church. We pray that you will continue to be in our midst, and you will grant us wisdom and vision and courage to know how to be your people here and now. May we truly grow into your welcome that we might extend that welcome to all people. This day, O Lord, we pray also for the special needs of our congregation. We lift up to you all those who are sick, those who are in need of healing, those who are preparing to go into surgery or recovering from it, especially including Stuart Loper, Carol Roth, Molly Swiderski, and all those whom we hold in our hearts. Lord, be present to each person in their specific needs and be with those who will surround them during this time of trial. Let your healing hand truly rest upon them. We lift up to you, O God, this day, our brothers and sisters who are grieving because of loss, with the family of Sherry Johnson at her death, the family of Cal Moss at his passing, our brother Daniel Harrell at the death of his father, and the family of Nancy Lewis at her death. We grieve with our brothers and sisters and join with them in commending their loved ones into your loving care and your eternal embrace. May they know your peace in this time of grief, O God. And in all these things we pray, O Lord, the prayer that you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into trial, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
5: Our first lesson this morning is from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor. the light of the world was born into the darkest time of the year. In Isaiah's prophecy, the coming of Jesus would be its fulfillment. The birth and life of Jesus fulfilled hundreds of signs of the coming Messiah. So it was no accident that when the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, that it happened at night when God's glory shone into the darkness. Much like the beginning of creation, as God's light shone in the darkness of chaos and brought order, so the gift of Jesus' birth is the beginning of a new creation amid our darkness and our chaos. For centuries now, gifts and giving have become synonymous with Christmas. Most gifts are lovely and welcome, but once in a while we think, not what I expected, but just what I needed. That's what we have in the gift of Christmas, the prophesied birth of Jesus. I don't know what you might get for Christmas this year, but could it compare to what God has given to all of us? In the birth of Jesus, the true light of our world. Oh God, may we experience your light for our world honestly and openly, and welcome it into our midst this Christmas.
3: From Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, to the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Well, we have here just a brief conversation with Gabriel, the angel, and Mary, this young girl who was very surprised that he was there at all, let alone talking to her. The angel was proclaiming God's truth. He was saying things that are true. Mary wanted to believe him, but uh, was struggling a bit. The first thing he said is that the Lord is with you. Now, God's presence is our comfort and our joy. And this makes all the difference. Believing and recognizing that God is here with us individually and as a community can make all the difference. And the angel said something that was hard for her to understand or even believe at first. He said, "Uh, Mary, don't be afraid. And Mary's thinking, well, of course, of course, I'm anxious, of course, of course, I'm afraid. I know how important all this is, but I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's even going on. And it's completely out of my control. Of course, I'm afraid. Well, God knows this too. I think what the angel was saying was, Mary, don't stay afraid. You can be afraid. That's fine. This is unusual. This is new to you. This circumstance is well beyond your control. So you can be afraid, but don't stay afraid because of the other things that I'm saying. Then he said, Mary, you have found God's favor. God is for you. God is on your side. God is in all of this with you. And then finally, the angel said, look, nothing is impossible with God. Mary was thinking of all the ways that it was impossible And the angel said, you know, none of that counts because nothing is impossible with God. Now these things are true, but sometimes it takes us some time to grow into these truths and to understand them, to believe them, to accept them. Now this young girl, Mary, had her own human responses to the things that the angel was telling her. The first one was, look, I'm perplexed. I'm worried, I'm concerned, I'm confused. I don't understand this yet. Very normal, rational, even, reaction. And then she moved on to pondering. You know, I'm thinking about this, I'm reflecting, I'm wondering, I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm listening. She was pondering. She breathed deeply, she thought slowly, and she prayed simply. And that's what we can do as well. And I'm questioning. I'm asking the natural, normal, typical questions. I may not get the answer that I understand or would like, but I'm asking, and that's entirely normal. Eventually, she came to the place where she realized, I'm accepting this. I believe what you're saying. I don't understand it all yet, but I believe it. So here I am, let it be.
0: lessons and carols. Turns out even Hark the Herald has multiple versions in our hymnal. So for now, now that we sang the one we all know, let's sing the one we know slightly less. I'll lead you all through it, and we'll have fun learning this beautiful, beautiful gospel version of Hark the Herald Angels Sing."
1: lesson comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. I'll read the passage after the lesson. I can't but read or think about the words from Luke chapter 2 and not read them as a person who is located in this time. As I read it, In my mind's eye, I see the images of fathers fleeing war and persecution. Of fathers and mothers, aunts and uncles, grandparents, families caravanning to safety and promises of a better life and freedom in another land. I see the haunting images of Palestinian dads carrying their dying child in their arms. I think of these pictures as I envision the story of a people living under the Roman Empire, enduring grueless journeys to their ancestral homelands where they need to register. And I want to weep for their humanity, in view of their suffering. And I read it again, reminded that it is into this scene that God becomes human through the body of a road-weary, sojourning, young, very pregnant woman, and her intended people traveling with no place to lay their head. And I pray that this Christmas our hearts would be not only open to Jesus and his coming, but to all who are without homes, the refugee, the migrant, the person living on the street. Might we prepare them room? Let every heart prepare them room, and in so doing, we make room for Emmanuel, the God who is surely with us. A reading from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria, and all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there The time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place in the guest room.
2: a ring the constellation i Transfigured as I stood on the
4: I have to confess, I am about to read the passage that they just sang. I think I like their rendering better than what I'm about to offer to you. Fourth lesson from Luke chapter two, verses eight through 14. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, that an angel of the Lord stood before them and lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. I've always loved this scene in the story of the birth of Jesus. It's one of my favorites because I think it points both to the unexpected and to the overflowing nature of the gospel message. Unexpected because God doesn't first announce the birth of Jesus to the powerful or to the wealthy or the elite but rather God goes to poor laborers or shepherds to announce this birth. The gospel begins on the margins and it makes its way from there. But this is also a scene about the overflowing nature of the gospel because this is good news of great joy for all people. No one is excluded. No one is left behind. No one is left out of God's embrace in Jesus. And the unexpected and overflowing nature of God's work in Jesus, this is meant to bring great joy. There are many things in life that can bring happiness. A timely word, a good meal, a smile from a friend. But joy? Joy is not determined merely by outward circumstances like happiness. Rather, it is grounded within. Joy. It names that deep connection that we sometimes experience with the reservoir and the font of life, the living God. My friends, this Advent, I pray that you are reminded that the Advent message invites all of us into joy because God has come into the world in a new and intimate way of love and care. May we hear these words afresh and respond to them with great joy. Amen.
5: Our fifth lesson is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all the people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming But of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son. Full of grace and truth. The light of the world has come among us. Jesus was born in the night with his own star blazing above him. He lies in the dim light of a stable. But it is the same Lord who, as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, led the Israelites to freedom. Jesus has come to bring his people from darkness into light and experience true freedom. Good news. Good news that includes you and me and the whole world. Friends, as we gaze into the manger at that tiny baby given to us as a light to the world, can you hear yourself whispering, come, let us adore him. Too often we fear the emptiness, the darkness, and the silence within us. Yet it is there. It is there that God's Spirit lives and moves and at work in you. And even as we pray, God hears us. Even in those prayers we feel are, are empty and unheard, there God is. Let's look for God's true light this Advent and ponder where is one place we can share God's light. God's goodness, God's grace and mercy. Jesus with another. Jesus, help us to overcome our fears and go daily into the quiet of our own hearts to seek you there in love and adoration. Amen.
3: The apostle john said we love because god first loved us and we could say also we give because god first gave to us paul in his writing said thanks be to god for his unspeakable gift and so we give in response let's pray our lord thank you for your gift and your love to us now help us to be generous and joyful in our giving to you
5: Big finishes at this church. That was awesome. Well done, well done. A couple quick announcements before we leave. One, I hope that you're still planning to continue this Christmas festival by joining us in the Great Hall for a wonderful brunch. There will be a chance for you to serve one of our, some of our local ministry partners by a little service project. You can go hug a Christmas llama. True. In the courtyard right behind me. There's kids' crafts down by the gym, numbers of other things happening, and then there's going to be the largest snowball fight in our history, for sure, in the gym. You're not going to want to miss that. 9.30 on Christmas Eve morning, 3 o'clock the kids and family service, and 8 o'clock our traditional candlelight service. We hope that you'll be a part of all that's happening as we continue through this Advent season. My friends, we have come and we have celebrated God's presence among us. We've heard the stories that can lead us and guide us as we face this world around us and our loving presence. Go in the peace, the hope, and the joy and the love of God now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.